a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Manna. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Manna, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys you'll meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but their humble, holy way of living is exactly what makes them extra, and I am excited for you to meet them. Today's guest is someone I've known for over 25 years, but if you counted up the number of minutes that we've actually spent uh, even in the same room together and compared it to the connection and impact that he's made in my life, the scale would be like laughably tipped, like the minutes would be way up here, but the connection would be really heavy and deep. He's a former lawyer and a current public policy advocate. I suppose you're always a lawyer. Once a lawyer, always a lawyer. Helping families of children with disabilities get the educational resources they deserve. But at his core, he is a father and a husband with boundless patience, empathy, and a calm resolve that keeps everything in perspective and in love. Welcome today's manna man, Mr. Michael Carr. Mike Carr. Hey, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome that was to way the... overboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to uh, welcome to manna, and uh, it's just great having you here. And uh, you know, like the intro says, and, and you and you embody this. You know, and in fact, as we were scheduling this day. I think you of everybody kept saying, you know, I'm really not worthy. I'm really, <laughs> but that's Wayne's world. That yeah, comes from Wayne's yeah, world. Okay, right. But that's, but that's the point is that, is that you embody exactly what, what manna is, which is, which are men living a life of faith that, that, that is actually very much rooted in humility and the acknowledgement that, you know, we're all just trying to get through, and if we are, if and if if any of us were actually walking around going, you know what, I'm a, I'm actually pretty, I'm a pretty big deal, that's actually not kind of the point. So anyway, <laughs> so and and that actually leads to the first kind of thing. You know, I've, we're going to talk about a lot of things, your background and 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 things like that over the next few minutes here. But but where, where I wanted to start, and where I'm starting with all of our guests on Mana is, you know, obviously all of all of the Mana men are are uh, have impressive qualities and, and characteristics that 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 make me love you guys um and yet you all have something unique that 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 i when i'm cataloging all of the people all of the men that i admire you know you all have your sort of like leading sort of indicator and and in you, yours and so that's where i'm going to start in in yours is actually related to a story uh that goes way way back I know I've told you this story, but but I'll, I'll I'll retell it for everybody who's listening. And and you weren't even there for this story. So this is years and years ago, and um, I have the great privilege to to work with 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 your wife for many many years. And and so I was at we we're actually at a work thing, a long time, probably over twenty years ago, and a group of us at work were all just kind of like, I don't even know how we got on this topic. It, it sounds morbid. It actually wasn't. But we were talking about like headstones. You know, like, well, what's going to be on your headstone? Like, if you know, and we we're all kind of talking about, and some had funny things, and some had deep things, and and it was actually your wife that said, that just said, you know, my husband, uh, if he had anything, it, it it would be, it would just be love always, and I remember her saying that, and it just touched me. I and I'm, sh- I think I probably had met you 
but it was so early on that we I definitely didn't know know you. But I remember, and that stuck with me for now almost thirty years. And 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 I've and I've used it. I've ripped it off. I've completely plagiarized you with other people <laughs> because I, what I love about it, and and, and now long set up to this to this uh, to this first question is you know you have always embodied this simple but yet like no need for more words essence of of what faith and and spirituality and 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 you know what jesus you know kind of asked all of us which is 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 using love always like it's it's the verb you know i mean so many people and i think what made an impression on me many years ago when 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 i heard that is you know i've always considered that as kind of like a almost like not a salutation but how you like close a letter you know like oh i love you or love always you know jeff but the way you've used it and lived it has been like a verb, like love always. And just, and that just sums up everything right there. So, so I guess, you know, the first kind of question and what I'd love to just, you know, hear about is like, how long has that, like, when did you come <laughs> up on that? Cause that is truly, it's one of those, like, it's so simple, but it's so profound and just kind of where that, where that comes from. And, and, and was it an intentional, like, sort of a eureka kind of epiphany moment or has that just been kind of a something that you've been blessed to to have and live with your your whole life i I, i'm going to tell you where it came from first (laughs) i was i was um that that is probably 20 years ago that i was in a book club with um some neighbors and um and and their friends other people um and we read the book the man in the mirror and it was a kind of a faith-based discussion and that was one of the questions at the end of one of the chapters is what what would you put on your gravestone and that's probably why you guys were even talking about yeah, this more of a yeah. topic but it's just like a and what i loved about those two words is that they're both aspirational things that you would want to do or what to do and it really and truly is kind of the answer to so many questions i just in my life you know i mean if, if you don't know what to do um you know i i have a simple kind of scale in life where i feel like if you're going to um understand where i am personally i look at whether i'm being other centered or self-centered mm-hmm. and i know i'm in a bad spot if i'm kind of worrying about feeling disrespected or whatever and i just will tell you that that's a scale that i travel constantly back and forth yeah. all the time and it just um it does help to be aware of that right and to be kind of in a position where you stop and think okay what can i do that would be more self-centered i was i was um we just had martin luther king's birthday and that's the one question he always suggested what are you doing to help others yeah and i think it's this kind of um that's i i don't know why but that's uh, you know i i do try to put that in the, at the end of letters and yeah. into things all the time because it's something I want to keep reminding myself. Well, and it's cool too. I didn't, hadn't thought until just now about how it's also both words. Like it's, it's not just the combination of the words as this sort of like reminder and almost, you know, it's almost a command, you know, but, but both words are important. You know, it's like, it's the love and it's the always, it's the, it's the constant. So has that been a, you know, and, and, every, and as you describe it and being other-centered, I mean, and even bringing up Dr. King, you know, that was obviously he, he had a whole 
life that was that was rooted in faith and and and, and God. But for you, it, how how explicit has that sort of command been to your faith, or has that been just you know what that's just kind of that's just good living, you know? Um, or or is it like nope that's that's a that's a specific sort of manifestation of sort of this spiritual, you know, kind of uh, reason that we're all here anyway. So I'm going to, I just find personally, and this is really, uh, to me, this faith thing is a real personal journey, um, is that it's uh, it's important to, for me to have kind of guideposts or a point of view or something that helps me to kind of stop and think about and analyze kind of the situations. And that's where things like that. So I just, I, I will say that, and this is um, one of the things that probably helped me to hone my faith besides my childhood, my, um, I, you know, I, I would say that there are, um, there, I, I always find that when things are really rough or hard or hurt, and there's pain, um, that's where um, I've been touched by faith. That's where, and and part of it is it's almost like it's a survival mechanism for me to to, um, be able to get up and and take the steps the next day to do things when you um, uh, go through that. I will, you know, I I feel like um, one of the things that helped me kind of put that in perspective is um, several years ago, my um, brother uh, asked me if I would um, do a kind of a a weekend with his son who was 17 years old. His name is Michael Carr, and he's my um, godchild. And I was one of about, five, I think, four five men that were kind of part of that. There were other uncles, uh, one of my other brothers. Um, there was uh, a grandpa who was also a deacon, and there was a, a priest that was a friend of, the, friend of the family. And all of us had done this men's rites of passage, which is a Richard Rohr okay. kind of retreat thing. Um, and so the whole concept of Richard Rohr was that you wanted to, um, that every Western, every, every civilization other than Western civilization has kind of an initiation from, uh, to manhood. And, and the concept was... Uh, Maybe we should be talking about that and having rituals and things like that. But what happened for me, and this is how stuff happens, having this talk right here today helps me to kind of stop and pause and hone and think about stuff. Um, but what happened is I was g- going to have a, like about a one-hour walk around. We ended up paddling on a river, uh, my nephew and I, where I could share with him kind of something I'd want to wish I would have known at age 17. Mm-hmm. Um, with the idea that um, at age 17 you're not really capable of understanding what you're being told and in the context of what it would be all like or anything like that. And, and so that what I did is I came up with three simple rules. Um, the first one was what I call the 90-10 rule, and that's basically um, there's about um, 10% of this world you can possibly know. And there's about 90% of it is stuff that you know you don't know and stuff you don't even know that you don't know. And 
Um, those are arbitrary percentages, right? But they put it in perspective that um, even if you could do what you know perfectly, which no one, no one, no one does it perfectly. I probably do less than half of what <laughs> I want to do perfectly. Um, but even if you did, you really are doing 10% of the journey, and there's 90% of stuff that you don't, you know, that you really don't have control over. Yeah. And I, you know, so the, so the concept is when you're in a bad spot, just to kind of realize that your job is to do the best you can, not perfect, but best you can with the 10% that you know, with the little that we know. And if we stop and look for it in that 90%, um, over and over and over, I would say daily and sometimes multiple times a day, um, things happen. People come into your life, um, weird things that just should remind you that the friendly universe has your back, that mm-hmm. there's grace in this world, and that even though this is really maybe a hard time or something like that, um, that you you know that you can get through it. So then the this and I'll just rattle through these. And yeah, no, I've got, I've got, I've got okay, my checklist here. The, so. the second, the, <laughs> the second rule was basically what I call the roller coaster rule. And I just said that, you know, you're 17 and you probably have never experienced something like this, but I'm just going to tell you that there are times in your life where you're going to feel like you're on a roller coaster with a blindfold on and that you are not going to, you know, you just don't know if the world's going to bank left or the world's going to bank right or the floor is going to drop out from you altogether. And it's super disorienting. It's super scary. And, um, you know, the concept of what I was trying to express to him is that you need to have hope habits that help you kind of walk through that and and be prepared for that so that you have supports and things like that to get through it. And I, and I think of hope habits as kind of some of the typical things, nutrition and sleep and exercise, but it's also um, a lot of these kind of things that you can do habitually, whether it's... Um, you know, if, and I love, like, this is where I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a Catholic raised Irish Catholic <laughs> boy. And I would say in my Catholic tradition, obviously I'm very Christian and I read Jesus, um, words a lot. And I think that Jesus is filled, you know, he's a font of hope habits. And I think he started most importantly, kind of, or, or very importantly with, Forgiveness. I mean, I think of all the spiritual leaders in this that have come and gone through this world. He really empathized over and over and over again that how important it was to forgive. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, those of us we get stuck in resentments and we get stuck in things. And and I just love that you know seventy. You know when he was asked how many times once, twice, yeah. seven times, and he says seventy times seven, which kind of means always. All the, yeah. you know what always, I mean? You're right. Yeah, and yeah. I, and it's just well, it can be a habit because you can forgive constantly. You know, there's enough to forgive. <laughs> well, and I think that so much of the personally, when I struggle with when I'm being self-centered, it's a lot of kind of dwelling and replaying resentment tapes, yep. resentment tapes, and yep. things like that. I love um, so one of those roller coaster times in my life was with my um, my oldest son who has a struggle that uh, he's a, he's what he's super creative and super. Um, at times challenging. One of the things we did early on with him as a teenager was um, 
uh, go through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and to me, that was one of the, a, a very spiritual exercise yeah. because those steps really require you to kind of do more than what my Catholic upbringing kind of had required of me um, in the sense that it really required me to be introspective and to think about things that um, I'm resentful about, think about what I brought to that that is probably a big part of why those are yeah. there yeah. and why they happened and why people reacted to me that way or whatever. Um, well, it forces you to be very introspective and beyond just the habitual, like, okay, now say this and do this. I mean, it's a very, right. the process is very, like, like talk about the man in the mirror kind of a thing, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> but it is like the, um, and so that's, I love the AA. There's a practice that they do in AA where you pray for someone um, for two weeks, that you pray for them to have whatever you hope to have for yourself, you know, whether it's, Love and gratitude in your life, and 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 uh, prosperity and health and all those things that you pray for somebody that you're struggling with because of a resentment, and and if you do that for two weeks, um, it has this. It's a weird habit, but it's an invariably has an ability to kind of wipe out some of that resentment yeah. and make it easier to yeah. deal with, and to kind of not have it rule your life, which is a big part of why I think. Jesus was so high in forgiveness. Right, right. It's, it's the people who you're having trouble forgiving aren't carrying it around. It's your issue that you're carrying it around in a lot, lot of ways, if yeah. that makes sense. Well, and even the habit of just prayer, just having that be a habit, you know, and just getting into that. So, yes, and that's you know. actually really important to me is that, that that prayer is a really important part of it. I really, there's other things I do. I love this um acronym called LEAP, and I don't know who's the guy who created it, or I think he's written a book or something, but I just, it's, L is for listen, E is for empathy, or empathizing with the person that you're with, Um, uh, uh, A is for agreeing, which I found is a super disarming disarming way to be with someone, is as soon as you stop and agree with something that they do, and I've had that struggle with my son, and um, and then P is for partnering, and it's just basically letting you know I'm in this with you. I'm, you mm-hmm. know, no matter what, we're going to be here together, and this is just kind of a. Um, and so that's a habit I always love with my son. I use this habit a lot of um, always trying to take the first step and never having any judgment about how it's received. Yeah. And so I, I feel like if you can kind of create some habitual things that you do, it will make it so. That roller coaster when it hits is 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 you're gonna get through it. Yeah. And what I th- what I all I could say to my nephew right was that um, I've been through that roller coaster. I've been through it as a kid. I've been through it as a um, ad- adult and a parent. And I um, feel like you have to understand that no matter it passes, yeah. this too shall pass. That this is um, that it's a ride. It's yeah. a roller coaster, and a roller coaster always ends. Yeah, you know it reminds I mean? me though of kind of almost like like getting and staying in shape. You know, so yeah. like if you if you're in shape, you know you can you can not to say that you're not going to have on any given day a 
a hard run or a, or a tough workout, but if you're in, if you stay in shape, you'll, you'll, you know, you're going to get through it. <laughs> you might, be, <laughs> might be sore, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you'll, you'll get through it. All right. So the third one though, you're, you're so the two third out of three. One, and the third one is really kind of comes back to that love always. I just said life is, you know, years ago, a good friend of ours, um, daughter, um, had, uh, a brain tumor at the age of one. And it was just, um, she ended up passing away at the age of five. Mm. And at her funeral, I love this line, that her parents stood up and they just said, you know, Caroline taught us one thing, that life is simple, simply love. And, and, it, mm. and it really, again, kind of brings back to the love always. But that was the third rule, is that you just have to realize, and, I, you know, I, I talk about, I was a lawyer, but I'm an advocate really now that helps a lot of families with kids with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on the phone with these parents, and I feel like they don't have any idea who they're getting, you know, when they call my my organization. Yeah. And when I call them back, I just feel like I get to be part of that 90% right. that they had no idea was coming their way today. And it's such a, to, to you feel like it's a, uh, a true collaboration, right, with God yeah. or with grace or with the friendly universe, whatever your words, your semantics, your life. I I just feel like that when you when you have that opportunity of having a, had a struggle that creates an ability to have empathy and to be there and to bring hope for someone, it's just a gift to. Um, finally, you know, to actually do it, yeah, right. to actually be totally in full circle. And that's what, I mean, I got to say that I've been the beneficiary of that 90% over and over and over again. And I've now had an opportunity to kind of knowingly realize I'm part of that 90% for yeah. others. Oh, and it's just, a, it's been a really wonderful thing. Well, and how, how lucky and blessed those people on that other end of the phone are when you're when you're the guy that answers you know that, it really i mean it's kind of that um you know it's that adage uh you know you're you're going to be the only bible that a lot of people ever read and you're that's that's such a a very literal uh, example of, of living that. Wow. Okay. Well, I have to say, I, I'm walking away here. For those, obviously, uh, you can't see what's happening in this little studio, but I, I have now a page full of notes. <laughs> Everything <laughs> that Mike just walked through, this is fantastic. This is, this is more material here. Um, all right. Well, hey, so now that was just uh, truly just, just wonderful. Um, and so now we're to a, a, a portion of the show. Uh, that is still miserably named, but it's the fun, it's the fun segment portion uh, that we that we that we go through with with all of our guests, and and uh, and these are just for for those listening uh, at home or in your car. Uh, these next three questions have been shared with all of the guests on on Mana, all of the men of Mana. And so if any of them try to try to fake it and say, oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought of that. Then they're completely <laughs> lying. So they've had ample time to come up with dazzling answers to these questions. So the first one uh, of fun segment number one uh, is a question, uh, Mike. So if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning uh, and just wanted to hang out, just what would you do with him? And you can't say, you can't say go to church because it's <laughs> incredibly redundant for Jesus. He'd be like, I'm here all the time. So you're hanging out with Jesus. What, what are you doing with him? 
So this is funny because I have thought about this, and I thought uh, the first thing that came to mind is I would love to go to a, go on a paddle with him, which mm. is, I, you know, I was a former canoe guide in the Bounty Waters, and I just, there's something about being in nature that, and being in a canoe where you're kind of with someone, but you're doing something, and you can just be, right? Um, and then I thought of hiking in the desert. I thought of, um, you know, uh, I would love to take him to the Mall of America and just watch Jesus <laughs> interact with the world and see what happens. And I just like, uh, and then I thought, and this is what I'm gonna say. I kind of ended up with is that I read this book years ago uh, called Anamkara. Um, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Um, the it was written by a priest named John O'Donohue, and um, he told the story of a reporter who had to interview. Um, like a indig- indigenous chief in South America or something, and that the chief said, "I will, I will do this interview, but first, we need to stop and sit, and just." And they literally just stared into each other's eyes. Wow! And it was just as the minutes rolled by, <laughs> this story was this how this man felt like he was sharing through the eyes his soul, and he felt like it was. By the end of it, he was crying. He was, it was, it was wow. like a really powerful. And I thought, how wonderful would that be to be able to just, yeah. just stare into the eyes of Jesus and somehow yeah. um, share in a way that's way more real and physical than the kind of the way we do almost every day with how we pray, you know, how we yeah. pray. I also just, uh, one of the things that came to mind was that this is a question that seems like, it will never happen, but in a way, I feel like Jesus knocks every day. And there are people like mm-hmm. what Jesus said, you know, when I was naked, you brought me. Yeah, Matthew 25, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. like, a, and it's just like, I feel like that's part of the opportunity to be part of that 90%. Yeah. If it makes sense. But yeah. it's just kind of like, a, it's just a. Totally. No, that's, yeah, that's that beautiful. A, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Fun segment question number two. Related, but uh, but this one actually you can't say Jesus. If you could go to church uh, with any other guy, living or dead, who would it be? And and perhaps actually I'll I'll, I'll adjust it here because um, it could be on a paddle also. So uh, a church or a paddle for for Mike Carr here. Uh, uh, but but it's got to be a guy, uh, living or dead. Who would it be? So here's what I, I, again, I mean, you could, it's like, this is the kind of question that is, you could spend hours and days and things. And so what kind of came to mind for me and I ended up on is that uh, my dad, so I just turned 60, so that means I just passed my 59th year and my father passed away when he was 59 years old. Mm. And, you know, he was a daily mass Catholic who, you know, was, um, the the man in my life who who I think I was probably one of I was six of nine kids and I was probably the only boy of his that he sat down and and suggested should become a priest. Wow! And and that, and that led to some kind of uncomfortableness when I started dating my high school sweetheart who I ended up marrying. Um, um, but it was just like. Um, I've been taking, so my mom is now going to be 92 this month, and um, she, we've been going every, she's living in assisted living, and um, we've been, I I stop by on my way to work and pick her up and go to 9 o'clock daily mass, Tuesdays and Thursdays every day, 
or every week. And um, I love this moment where um, we stop and say that our father, and she and I are probably two of a few people in the whole church that hold hands while we say the Mm -hmm. Our Father. And I've started to just hold with my right hand my dad's hand. And I feel like if you stop, you know, I love this. um, Eckhart Tolle is a kind of a famous self-help guy that talks about living in the moment. And he um, says that if you ever want to be present, you should stop and, like, close your eyes and you feel the energy in your hand. And you can kind of, as long as you're feeling that energy, obviously you can feel it in all parts of your body. But as you're feeling it, you're always in the moment. You can't be thinking about what happened yesterday right. or what happened. And so I'm always in the moment as I'm saying that, our father, That's and I'm cool. holding my father's hand. But I just, I think of my dad a lot. He was a, a lawyer with a lot of integrity and um, um, wasn't always happy. He always has some of the same struggles I've had in my life. And um, and I just, I, I think it would be really neat to kind of full circle it with yeah, him that's at great. church. So. That's great. I love that. I love that. Um, all right, and finally here, uh, and kind of getting back to sort of the mission here of MANA a little bit, is uh, if you had a piece of advice, and it sounds like you've, you've had opportunities to, to do this, um, although now I'm going to make it maybe summarize your three into one or, or, or maybe just restate that you can't be said enough. But if, <laughs> if you had one piece of advice to give a young man about being just comfortable in living his faith. Obviously, as you are, whether you put a, a, a name to it, it's the essence, it's who you are. Like you say, it's the whole Matthew 25. It's like you're living, you're channeling Jesus, the Holy Spirit, through everything that you do. But so so, so now you're, you're talking to a young man, and, and what would be a, just one piece of advice that you'd give him about, about you know, developing that, that kind of comfort in living his faith? What, what would it be? I'm gonna just say those three those three rules. Yeah, that those words love always. But the three rules really, um, the ninety ten rule is all about having faith. Yeah, and understanding that God has your back. That there's grace out there. There are people over and over and over again who are here to teach you. The second rule is really about hope. It's about um, keeping habits so that you have hope in the times that are the hardest. And that third rule is really about what I said in the you know, life is simple. And if we simply stop and think, how can we love always? It's uh-huh. really, you know, it's a real powerful thing. So that's kind of where I yeah. head out on no, that. No, that's great. I'm telling you. And the, the Hope Habits, that's, uh, there's a book. That, 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 that's, <laughs> that's your book right there, Hope Habits by Mike Carr. That's great. Thank you so much, okay, Mike. Okay, thanks so much. Great, it was great really afternoon. nice. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.